What's going on, everybody? How are you this fine day? This is episode 168 of the Hooniverse podcast, and I'm your host, Jeff. It's just a solo one this week. Chris is busy. He's a busy man. You all know that. And Zach is driving back from doing car videographer things. He's a busy guy, too. Uh, but he's eager to get back on the mics, and I know you're eager to have him, and I'm eager to have him in the studio as well. Not that I'm in the studio right now, but all three of us should be around next week, so we'll do a full-on in-studio podcast episode, because those are the good ones, uh, even though I think these do all right. <clears throat> I'm going to dive right into it. Uh, I want to talk about something that blessed the internet the last two days, and it's fantastic. It was that Ford Focus RS drift mode crash. I predict we're going to see a lot of these. Um, this, if you don't know, there was a New York ST owner's club that was on an owner's group drive. And there's a couple video GoPro angles of this. Somebody in the group had the Focus RS. And there's a corner where everybody pulled out. And I'm hearing, you know, conflicting reports that on one hand, People are saying, this guy doesn't represent the group. He was promptly kicked out. We don't condone this type of thing. On the other hand, other people are saying they pulled over to let this guy attempt this drift in this perfect hairpin. Like, the, the corner is perfect. It's still a public road, but it's perfect for it. So the GoPros are rolling, and it's just a horrible drift, and he ends up smacking the cliff face on the side with the right part of the car, and it almost looks like it was ready to flip the car. It was crazy. Um, it was very close to flipping it. He's lucky he did it, but the car is... is beat to hell for everybody listening drift mode does not automatically equal hero mode uh, i know a lot of these videos come out and it, and it looks like it's easy to do i haven't tried it yet but it looks like it's pretty easy to use um but again i don't know i haven't tried it i just know that this was a massive fail as the video and i hate to say fail because you know i'm 36 and i don't do that anymore but um it's uh it's awesome to, it, I feel like these are going to be entertaining us for a while, um, as long as nobody's seriously hurt, obviously. But, you know, you play stupid games, you win stupid prizes, as they say. Uh, the thing that I find amazing is that Ford even has this as, as an offer. Um, it's, it's crazy. The, the legal mumbo-jumbo that must be in the contract for drift mode must be amazing. I'm going to take a sip of my wine here. Um... Yeah, so the legal, I just don't even know how they're able to get away with this. Though, I mean, I guess you buy a Ford Mustang GT that has drift mode ready to go. You can get the car with a line lock. So offering drift mode for an all-wheel drive or four-wheel drive hot hatch shouldn't be that big of a deal. It, it seems like it's pretty easy. Um, we're not, I mean, who knows if we're ever going to get the car because Ford doesn't give a shit, but you all know that already. Um, so... I know Jason can – he can't enter drift mode, but he can do liftoff, throttle, uh, oversteer, and uh, it, and it always looks pretty good. We shot together for the first time in a while, and it was it was fun to shoot with him because I hadn't done that in a while. And he, and he demonstrated that he's still quite capable of getting his uh, ST to rotate. Um, now, there was a comment on Hooniverse.com about this that I want to pull up because I thought it was pretty good. Um, let's see. I, it's just the way – I'm going to read this comment from – 
reader crank underscore case. This reminds me of the Mustang rear-wheel drive post, and I'm split on the irresponsibility of this. Had this video shown him get it right, everyone would be shouting, hero, and let him who has not provoked the tail out on a tight hairpin cast the first stone and all that. I'm not saying such things are entirely defensible and one should engage in such behavior. Big boy rules apply, but rarely worthy of the moral panic they generate. Thing is, usually a bit of power oversteer is fairly predictable for a rear-wheel drive car with no electronic aids, and it would not want to be your first time either. It's something you'd build up to, starting out with learning to do donuts and then maybe getting a bit of enthusiastic to, to, on turning and throttle on a wet roundabout, holding a little slide before, uh, before something a bit more daft. As always, the line between a safe opportunity and being totally dumb is hard to define in text and requires common sense. The issue I see with something like drift mode versus a dab of oppo in an LSD-equipped Miata or even a Nissan S-Body is predictability and speed. You don't need to be going all that quick to get sideways, and when you do it, it's all mechanical, all analog. The response is linear to your inputs. Something that employs electronic trickery, while it may do a good job of letting you do a high-speed drift on track and making you look like you have more talent than you do, the way it behaves may not always be predictable. It's a similar deal with other trick four-wheel drive cars, I reckon. To get the most out of them, even driving grip is probably not as intuitive. You probably almost need to allow for the system to make its move before applying further input. When they do let go, you're often going very fast. From my perspective, I reckon the driver initiated the drift too late in the turn. It would have probably worked had he turned in closer to the inside of the turn, but then he would have been put on the opposite side going in blind. Still illegal, but taking a corner in a direction that puts you on the inside, waiting till you see a clear line of sight on the exit, and booting the tail that way would possibly be the safest approach, hypothetically speaking, of course. It's hard to explain the right side of this very fuzzy line in text. I think some experience of a car beyond the limits of grip is a useful thing, but trying to explain the difference between what might be sensible experimentation and stupidity tends to get just misinterpreted either way with much waggy finger moralizing. I am not an initial D wannabe, by the way. The novelty of sideways wears quickly. Even on track, I find I enjoy driving the car smoothly and gradually increasing speed, not overdriving the car. But it is good for the zone beyond the limits of adhesion not to be entirely unfamiliar territory. One thing I do agree on is group runs can be a recipe for disaster. It's okay when everybody is sensible, but the, but the dynamic can quickly turn to stupidity and people pushing beyond their own limits. It either needs to be small groups of longtime friends keeping a quick but relaxed pace with the more sedate classic style jaunts. I prefer spirited road driving to be a solo thing. Now, I agree with pretty much all of this. Um, it's uh, I've done dumb things on public roads, but you know, you do, you, you pick and choose when and where to make sure it is safe as possible. And I, you know, I say that with hands in quotes, you know, I do burnouts. I don't really drift on public roads cause I'm not that good at it. Um, but I, you know, I, I you know, kick the car around a little bit and have some fun and, 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 but you do, I do it on empty roads where there are, you know, not other people around there. The only thing that I'm going to hurt is myself, um, and to take that risk, but it's not much of a risk when you're doing a brake stand when you know, and you're not a total idiot leaving cars and coffee. Um, so I totally agree that had this road been like guaranteed empty and the guy nailed it, we'd be like, wow drift mode in that car is pretty cool but because he smacked the wall and totally fucked up and it's all caught on camera we're giving the opposite reaction so crankcase here makes a really good point where it's very easy to wag the finger um but a lot of us as we do that will then go wait and find now, not everybody listening to this will go you know looks for the every opportunity to wag the tail of their car 
but a lot of us do. And we can't always just be like, ah, oh, what this guy did, did was dumb. And I mean, I can say that because it's funny and it is, it was dumb. He, I mean, he crashed a car in a car that's designed to make it easy to drift. Um, but again, I don't know, like Crank K says, we don't know what it feels like to do it. Like if I did it in, um, a Hellcat or something, yeah, I know what that car is going to do. Or, you know, an old muscle car, I know what that car is going to do. Um, so I, I get the points here and I agree with a lot of this stuff. Still, the video is hilarious and we're going to see more of this. Um, and I'm going to enjoy the, the montage of RS drift mode crashes that we're going to see again, as long as nobody's seriously hurt. Now, speaking of the Hellcat, or more specifically, speaking of the Challenger, news came out that um, they're going to add an all-wheel drive version of the Challenger. Now, people are coming out and saying that they're adding an all-wheel drive Hellcat, but that's not specifically what the news is saying. They're saying that the Challenger is getting an all-wheel drive version called the Challenger GT all-wheel drive. The Hellcat is getting a wide-body kit. Now, the wide-body kit version is going to be called the Challenger ADR, whereas the all-wheel drive one is called the Challenger GT all-wheel drive. So these are two different cars, as far as I know, and rumors are, are going around. The Hellcat, it'll be neat to see what an all-wheel drive Challenger can do, you know, a GT Challenger. Um, but the Hellcat getting a wide-body kit is pretty cool, too, because... Now you can fit wider tires back there, and it's called the Challenger ADR because it's to stand, to stand for American Drag Racer. So they want the wider rubber for traction. Now there's also the rumor that it's going to get a power bump. So, I mean, that's amazing that they're going to add more power to the Hellcat. And again, that, that's a rumor. I, don't think the, I think the wide body kit is confirmed also based off a concept car they did. So that will be pretty bitching to see. Um, I'd really like to see an all-wheel drive well, no, I don't want to see an all-wheel drive Hellcat. It would be cool if they did it and then let you choose to do rear-wheel drive or all-wheel drive. Like, that's one of the things I was bummed about when I initially heard about the F-Type R going all-wheel drive. Even though that car is surprisingly rear-wheel drive biased, you can get it sideways. Tons and tons of fun. So maybe the Challenger would, would operate in the same way. After all, Chrysler's had that all-wheel drive system for years where you're driving in normal mode, you're driving in a rear-wheel drive car, and then it only gives you... Uh, some front wheel traction when absolutely necessary. So in a Hellcat, if they did go all-wheel drive, they could probably set up the system so that in standard driving, you know, it'd be rear-wheel drive and then front when you need it, and then you put it into some track mode or sport mode where it's like rear-wheel drive and then only front-wheel drive if it's like shit's about to go south real quick or it's snowing out. Um, but imagine like a full all-wheel drive, snowy drift Challenger Hellcat, I mean, slightly lifted Mad Maxian with mud flaps. Now we're talking. See, this is why I need to be rich, because I would do dumb shit like this, and I would I would entertain the masses with the, the ridiculous bullshit in my garage. Now, speaking of what's been in my garage, as I take another sip of the wine here, of the potion, but not hitting the three-wheel motion, I was in... um. The Infiniti Q50S Red Sport, all this last week. Car just went home. I'm recording this on a Tuesday. Car just went home today. Um, <clears throat> this is a fun car. I enjoyed it on the first drive when I got to tootle around in it around San Antonio. I enjoyed it um, this whole week that I had it. Uh, I actually had it for an extra day because it fell over the holiday weekend. The engine is great. Um, you know, this is the evolution of the VQ series. It's now the VR series. It's a three liter twin turbocharged V6 and it makes 400 horsepower. And it, I mean, it's great. It, the, the torque feels nice. It's, it's just a fun, fun engine. Um, the transmission, 
is just kind of mediocre. It's a seven-speed automatic. It would have been really neat if they went nuts and slapped the GTR gearbox in there. That'd be too rough for you know an entry-level luxury Infiniti sports sedan. But I've heard that the new, the latest GTR, that first gear is um, is has eased up. Because first gear in that car was just clunky, but you you let it go because you're in a basically a race car. Um, but it would have been cool if they did some kind of like slightly detuned GTR gearbox in there. The the you can live with the transmission; it's not great. But what what's tougher to live with is the steering. So this this has the drive by wire steering, and it's still just it's it's not there for me. It's way better than it used to be, but it's not there. There is it. The steering wheel is not connected. It is not physically connected to the front wheels. So there is literally zero steering feel. Now they can change the steering weight and the way it loads up, but you're not, but that's, it's all synthetic and it's not perfect. There is a mechanical connection that acts as a backup, but only if the system fails. So that steering wheel is not connected to the front wheels. Now it's just, there's there's something missing like it's nice if you're cruising on the highway for it's similar to almost i would imagine what mazda is announcing this groundbreaking g vectoring which reduces vibrations to the driver infinity already has it they're just it just hasn't people aren't fawning over it as like they are with the g vectoring because i you know it doesn't go full drive by wire in the mazda i don't believe so in the infinity they've just essentially in standard driving mode there's no feel filtering from the road to your hands now in sport and sport plus because it has driver selectable modes some they they say they can let i no, i think i wrote this in my notes that i wish they could let some of that through but there's nothing to let through because it's not connected if there is the connection to the front like they need to add back in something that connects to the front wheels or have some kind of like meters into the system where it can like tell the little bit of vibration that the front wheels get from the road. And if they can somehow get those meters into the car and then use the data they get to somehow create some vibration or some, some even if it's a synthetic feel that if they could fine tune it and develop it, they just need some feel because the only way you can tell what the, the car is doing is by your ass and the noise. Like if the t- you hear the tires and you can feel the, the rear start to break away, but you just don't know what the front is doing at all. And that sucks. Um, other than that, the car is tons of fun. It, it'll, it'll, you can do burnouts, though sometimes it takes some coaxing with the brake stand because the traction will – it did some really weird things where I'm sitting there in a brake stand where it's just the tires are, are – are braking traction, but very slowly, like, like, you know, like we're sitting at like 1500 RPMs and the tires, and then all of a sudden it'll slip past that. And then the revs rise up and that's how, you know, the tires are now finally spinning and you're doing a proper brake stand into a burnout. Um, there's a little bit of slip it allows in the sport plus mode where it relaxes traction a little bit. So you like, you can kick the rear end out a little bit on a turn, but it catches it and it's very, it, it's it's easy because it's not a ton of of you hanging the ass out so that the steering feel doesn't come into total play. And then once you get more and more used to the car, I started driving it harder and faster on the Hooniverse Highway Hooning Grounds, and it felt great. It, it just pushed harder, and, and I mean, it was a, it's a quick car. It's a very quick car, and it was a lot of fun. I really like that car. I'm cutting the video on that. It should be out soon. I still have to cut the Cadillac video in front of it, so a couple more weeks on that one. 
Now, what has taken its place this week in the Hooniverse garage is the Nissan Titan 5.6 liter V8. Now, not the XD. This is the light-duty Titan, which I'm very curious about, uh, especially with the gas engine, because uh, we're dealing with near 400 horsepower. I've always liked the 5.6 from an, uh, Nissan and Infiniti. This truck still feels huge. Um, it's it's on paper smaller. And I read the specs. Yes, it's on paper says it's smaller than the XD, and I need to see an XD parked next to it because climbing into it, and granted, I just got out of the Q50, um, but it feels massive. The truck feels huge, but it feels great. I, I just bombed up and down the highway in it, and it just it cruises comfortably. This is, I mean, this is a fully loaded Platinum Reserve, so it's got that that duo-colored um, seats. It's got all the options. It's it's very fully loaded, and it's very, very nice. I, um, I like it. Uh, later on, next week, I'll be autocrossing the Jag F-Type SVR, which I'm super excited about because I haven't driven an SVR vehicle. I believe I've mentioned this, but I'm, I'm, I'm pumped on it because I'm going to be doing it at the Coronado Festival of Speed. Um, I will have a Jag vehicle to drive down in probably an F-Pace or an XE. I'm hoping F-Pace because I like it better than the XE. And I wanted to shoot a, uh, another, a longer F-Pace video anyway. Um, so that should be good, but I'm super excited to drive the SVR F-Type. That's going to be awesome. Um, but speaking of fun cars, we have a project coming up where we're starting it this weekend. I'm shooting... You remember our friend John Kerry and his blue 1970 Porsche uh, that I we shot a great video on. That was I say that because I didn't shoot it or edit it. Um, that was an outside group that we worked with on that video that volunteered their time and effort because they wanted to break into the automotive space, um, and they did a great job and the car was awesome. So I, I I've stayed in touch with John. Uh, John's a great guy. We live near each other. Um, Love his car. I had an opera client come to me on the freelance side of things that I do and looking for some video work. So we're going to shoot video and I pitched John's Porsche to them and they're into it. So we're shooting two videos. This first weekend we're shooting more of like a let's learn about John and the car and its history and shoot some you know pretty shots of it driving the canyons. Then next month we're actually going to take it to the track. We are going to take John's Porsche to the track and uh, see how it does. We're not we're not trying to win anything, but the point of the video is you know taking it from this what it was. If you've watched the uh, the the first video we did with the history, you know the car was kind of I don't want to say a mess, but it was in a state of disrepair, and now John's bringing it back and turning it into something more. So. That's kind of what the, the journey of this video is going to be. And, and whenever I get to focus on just shooting the video, um, I, I, it lets me be a little bit more artistic where I don't have to worry about what I have to say about the car and then shooting it and then get these shots and then do this. When I'm just shooting and editing, I kind of go into a different space. So I'm really excited to see where we can take this. I'm actually going to do like storylines and try to be somewhat of a professional about this. Um, so we'll see how that goes. I have high hopes for it. Um, now another interesting thing here, since this is episode 168, we're not that far off of our 200th episode. So I think it's a good time to start planning for that. When we had our 100th episode, we had a small party, uh, in not too far from the podcast studio and way more people came than I thought it was going to be like three people. I thought it was going to be like Blake, his girlfriend, um, Chris, maybe Zach and like two people, maybe, 
but we had like 20 people there, which was, and I, again, that's not a ton of people, but when you expect like three, I was overwhelmed. It was awesome. That's actually where I met John and his cool Porsche. So closing in on 200, I want to do something special. I think it might be kind of cool to do a live episode and this, I mean, this could be a, a fucking disaster, but it could also be pretty awesome. And where I'm thinking of doing it is at a local brewery. I'm friends with this brewery. They just celebrated their two-year anniversary. I mentioned it to the um, one of the uh, owners of the brewery, and he likes the idea a lot. They actually just had a car show at their brewery during the day, and it turned out really well. They got tons of cars. It was all Ford stuff, which I wish I could have brought the truck, but I still haven't tightened up the steering. Um, plus I had my daughter, so I couldn't put her in the truck. Um, but we just stopped in to check out the cars and I had to split. It was like, a, I picked her up from daycare. We swung by the brewery. I didn't have any beer. I just saw the cars, said hi to my friends at the brewery and then left. But then I went back for their two year anniversary, um, this past weekend. And I brought the idea up to my friend who works there and he, uh, he's into it. They have this other room that would, might be perfect for it. Um, where we could get it off their main room so we could probably keep it quiet enough to do the podcast. You know, I'd like to have Chris there to, to handle levels. I'd like to have Zach there and some of our, you know, other friends too, like Jason, if he could make it up. Uh, I mean, heck, if Matt has, is free, I'd love Matt to come out for it. Um, but anybody who's in the area, if you think this is something that you'd like, please hit me up on Email Jeff at Hooniverse.com, Twitter at Jay Glucker, or even send me a message on Instagram, YouTube, whatever. I don't care. Um, just let me know that like, if you are in the area, this is something you would consider going to because I don't want a, this one to be like five people. I'd feel stupid if I showed up for a live episode at the brewery. I mean, it could be funny. I'd still make you know lemons out of lemonades and we'd have a good time and I'd, I'd probably Uber there and back so I could drink, but... Um, if we get enough people, we could probably secure some kind of deal or I would, you know, use some Patreon money to buy around. I don't know. We, we would figure it out. Um, maybe the brewery would even donate, but it would be a lot, a lot of fun. So we're 32 episodes away from that. So start thinking. I How many is that? That's, I mean, that's a good amount of time, but divide by, I'm not going to do math right now. Fuck that. Um, instead I'm going to take your questions. That's what I'm going to do right now. So let me pull up the, the page for that. Uh, do, 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 do page. Boom. There we go. All right. So I'm going to start with the Patreon questions because as you all know, Patreon subscribers are better than the rest of you. That's just how it goes. Sorry about that. Um, we don't have a ton of Patreon questions tonight because they're too busy being awesome, I suppose. Um, Brendan McWay, this isn't really a question, but I'm going to read this anyway. Not sure if this was already covered, but several listeners, including me, wanted to know the name of the theme music. It's Parasail by Silent Partner, free to use in YouTube. Jeff is right. Play with adding music to a YouTube video long enough and you'll find it. Silent Partner, Parasail. I actually get asked this question on Twitter all the time and I just kind of forward it to Chris because I don't know. Um, so there you go. It's, it's Parasail by Silent Partner. That is the name of the song. I wonder if I'll remember that. Probably not. Joel, uh, who is a Patreon subscriber and our friend from Australia. What are the top five car things to do in the USA? 
This is a tough question because it depends on what you want. Do you want to see museums? Do you want to drive on racetracks? Do you want like just the actual top five things to do? Because, I mean, it's tough. Um, it could be cruising PCH from here up to Pebble Beach and attending Pebble Beach. That could be a top five thing. It could be going to Moab if you're an off-roader. It could be running at Bonneville. If you like that sort of thing, um, it could be going to D- Detroit and doing the Woodward Dream Cruise. Um, Daytona could be your jam. There's so, I mean, there's so many amazing car things to do. My top five car things to do: um, I'd like to do uh, Monterey Car Week. Uh, mostly the, the, oops, I just dropped something. Mostly the historics at Monterey, probably more so than like the rest of it. But that'd be on my list. I want to do Bonneville. Um, that's on my list. I got to do Woodward one of these times. Um, that's definitely on the list. Um, I don't know. I mean, there's so many other crazy things too. And then all the, all the amazing racetracks out there. There's so many tracks I haven't hit in this country that I need to drive. So then that would be the fifth thing. Hit all the bucket list tracks in this country. Those would be the, the things. I hope that was five. If not, I'm sorry. Um, all right. Let's go to Twitter. Let's see. All right. Brandon Maxwell at BMAX3242. Best manual transmission car for under 5K that must be rear-wheel drive. I was thinking SW20, MR2, or Miata. I mean, yeah, it's Miata. Uh, Unless you can... I mean, if you can find... What are Z31 Nissans going for? Because I I miss mine from college. I still love that car. I mean, it'd probably have to be pretty janky. Though in California, you might be able to pull it off. Um... Yeah, it's going to be something – because where are Fox bodies at? Because those, I, I, those have to be going up. I keep saying that Fox bodies are the next one to start shooting up in value. So I don't know. That's a good question. I mean, Miata, you said it. You, answer, you almost answered your own question there. Untitled Car Show at Untitled Car Show. Hi. Uh, wait, a question. What food would you least want someone in your car to be eating? I think Chicago deep dish personally. I'm going to go with microwaved fish. Uh, follow-up question by them. Best interior in any car ever. Um, I just shot for part of my freelance stuff for another website. I just shot the Bentley Bentayga. That was pretty cool, but that's not the best ever. Um, it's. I mean, it's got to be some Rolls Royce with the – one of the coolest options is the um, – where they do the Starry Night headliner, not the Van Gogh star, I mean, though they could probably do that too. The, the, it looks like constellations over your head, but the, they can make it the constellations of like any night that you pick. So you could pick, you know, this is what the stars over my head look like on the day I was born. I mean, like that's fucking crazy. So that's gotta be way, way up on the list of best interior in any car ever. Um, Rob Arcus, who's at Hans underscore Coolidge, favorite with the OU favorite motorsport event you have been to and one that you want to go to. Um, I mean, Goodwood was basically the greatest thing ever. Uh, the Nürburgring 24 hour was absolutely incredible. So those are on the list. So I need to do Le Mans. Um, I would like to see a formula one event just to see it though. I mean, it's not that high on the list. Um, rally, a WRC event would be up on the list, but having done Goodwood and, uh, N24, that means I need to now do Le Mans. I'd really like to do uh, a race at Spa, too. 
Lance Buckskin at Big Tuna 01. Have you ever drove a Polaris RZR or Polaris Razor or a Yamaha YXE with the paddle shifters? I'd like to see a video of your crew driving them. I would like to see a video of us driving them because I'm I'm dying to drive a side-by-side. I actually got invited to drive um, the Can-Am side-by-side in Baja, and I just it was too short a notice. I couldn't make it work. So that was kind of a bummer, um, and it would have been really tough to shoot video down there anyway, but I'm dying to drive a side-by-side. I really, really – any side-by-side people, if you have an in with a side-by-side, let me know. Hook me up. I want to drive a side-by-side. Um, Jonathan Klein, step one – oh, no, this isn't a question. Um, Justin Hughes at Justin Hughes 54. What is your name? Arthur King of the Britons. What is your quest? I seek the grail. What is the airspeed velocity of an unladen swallow? Uh, European or African? So I know the answers to that one. Steph Schrader, Steph the Pef. What's the best cheese? Now, see, this is a good question. This is, she asked this as a joke question, but I, I, fresh mozzarella is way, way high on the list. Shredded fresh mozzarella is really, really good. Burrata is some amazing killer cheese. Um, if you're grilling corn, do Mexican corn and do uh, is it cotija or cojita? I think it's cotija. I mean, and, and I mean it's game over because that corn is now the best corn you've ever had. So that's where I'd, I'd go with mozzarella, burrata, and co- cotija. I mean that's where it's at. Um, Petrolhead at petrol underscore head. What car were you most let down by that had been hyped up recently? CT6. Um, I feel like I read a lot of good reviews. I read praise for the sound system. Um, and it was, um, it was, it was fine, but Cadillac needs to do better than that. Um, KH at KH449, $2,000 Jeep YJ or YJ for second vehicle. Um, I mean, sure. Yeah, go for it. Have fun. I've driven across the country. What, what kind of Jeep was it that I drove cross country? I'm going to Google what generation of Jeep because I don't know my Jeep generations, which I know is a uh, sin to some of you, but let's see. Um, I mean, is YJ just forever now? Let's see. YJ. Uh, YJ is 86 to 95, and TJ is 96 to 2006. So I was in a YJ because um, it was a 94, but it was a it was a four-cylinder, and it sucked, um, and I hated it. Um, I hated driving it across country. Let me say that. Um, but yeah, $2,000 Jeep, go for it. Be awesome question to kick around in. Awesome car to kick around on question. All right. Facebook questions. Speaking of questions, um, Jessica Kyle Weissman, what are you guys expecting the new gen, the new gen X civic SI will be like, and are you excited for the new type R and SI? Also, are you going to review any of the type R or SI in the future? Thanks guys for great content. Thank you. Um, I sure I'm excited for the new SI. You know, I, I like the civic SI. I have a personal connection to one of the generations owning one. Um, and I'm really, really excited for the R. Uh, once we get news, when those are in the fleet, absolutely, absolutely. I'm going to get my hands on that. I just had the coupe recently. I haven't done any video or written with it. Um, but I had the coupe. I liked the coupe. It was nice. Uh, so the R and the SI are going to be awesome. Chris Kohler, what's the ultimate CarMax buy to take full advantage of their epic bumper-to-bumper warranty? Insert Wombach joke here. Sorry, Jeff. LOL. Uh, I mean, Doug really nailed it when he got a Range Rover, and then he, the Aston Martin, getting a warranty on that. But the CarMax warranty on a Range Rover, he did it. He won. Game over. That's your answer right there. Um, Jessup Miller, how much hoon could a hoon truck truck if a hoon truck could truck hoon? Hopefully 
a good amount once I do valve seals and then I want to do cams and we're going to do exhaust and uh, headers. So hopefully a good amount of Hoon truck. Josh Ostrander, how many donuts can Chris fit in his mouth? One, because he's not a glutton, Josh. Um, <laughs> Josh has been helping me out on some videos uh, and he does some work for Hoonigan and he does some other stuff too. So, um, so funny, Josh. Um, no, it was funny. Um, but those are the questions for this week. Let me pull back up my other sheet so I know where the hell I'm at. Oh, uh, time to shout out Patreon. And I don't think I did this in the last one. Please go to patreon.com slash Hooniverse podcast to support your favorite podcast. I'm finally mailing out for you, t- for you crazy ass, awesome, high dollar Patreon folks. The t-shirts are going in the mail tomorrow so you get your t-shirt and your two stickers and uh, my eternal gratitude so that is awesome all the other stickers have been mailed out with the exception of maybe some people who just signed up but everybody else should have their stickers um i gotta double check the spreadsheet and see if i'm owing some of you newbies some stickers uh we, we've got some good following we've grown month to month and we've only been running it for two months we've grown month to month so that's great but we could use some more support so patreon.com slash universe podcast um we have a new instagram page it's not just my personal instagram universe jeff anymore we have at the real universe we're having a bunch of people post to it um so you're getting a tons of diverse content but it's just you know automotive focus it's not beers and and my kid which i don't post that much my dogs and travel that if you want to see that stuff stick with me but also make sure you go to the real universe follow us on twitter at the universe and me at jay glucker our youtube channel we're about to hit we're about to cross over the twenty eight thousand subscriber mark and my 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 goal has been 30 for you know recent and once we hit 30 my next goal is going to be 50 so that's going to be a, a big jump but getting to 30 feels pretty good um so that's been fun don't forget to go to hooniverse.com to read all this stuff um you know support shout engine go to itunes rate and review this podcast chris is, is crushing it there the, the amount of data he moves is is insane um and we wouldn't have this without him for all you chris hayes haters out there um so stop it um and then uh, that's it. This has been episode 168. Uh, decent-ish runtime for a solo podcast. Not, you know, massive. But, you know, not not bad either. Um, and, uh, yeah. Thanks for listening. Oh, as always, love you guys. Appreciate it. And, uh, again, let me know about episode 200. I want to hear from you. <laughs>